everybody to the MGA Media Cast. This is episode 42. My name is co-founder Straight Willie Dills. I'm joined, of course, by El Presidente John Lucky Kick Morley. John, how's it going, man? Going great. Going great? Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Uh, I was just thinking the other day, it feels like it's been forever since we had a tournament, and I looked at the date of our next one, and that feels like forever away. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like annoyed. It's, it's what is it, the 20-something, the 23rd, something like that? And then we have one like two weeks after that. So yeah. So you're take, yeah. taking issue with the schedule. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'd like to file a formal complaint <laughs> with uh, El Presidente, please. It's tricky. It's tricky. I gotta find open weekends for myself and mm-hmm. no holidays and no golf majors and obviously now no live tour events. Yeah, so you gotta everybody wants to stay home and watch those. So got to schedule around the live tour these days. Yeah, I just heard by the way we haven't talked about the live tour yet on this up on the uh, media cast. Uh, I saw a rumor that Tiger Woods might be joining the live tour. What do you think about that? No, you didn't. <laughs> I now I will say it was. It was a like some live thing on YouTube, and it was I think it was like Phil Mickelson just talking, so it could just be all bullshit. But I was like, no way, there's just no, no way. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I also saw an interview with John Daly where he said he wishes he was on a live tour. He was hounding uh, Greg Norman to try and try and get on there. Yeah? yeah, I mean that would be funny, right? Like people would watch that, don't you think? People would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. If if I'm the live tour, I'm considering it anyway. Uh, but let's not talk about the live tour anymore. Let's talk about the MGA tour. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, I, I kind of want to do this on the top of the shows when we're in season, which right now we are in season, um, where we're going to talk about the – I just want to kind of update people on what's going on, especially as we get closer to the world championships. The money list, the global money list, these are the people who are going to be representing the world at the world championships. Uh, and right now, number one on the money list is a two-way tie between Kevin Hewitt and Richie Catania. Do you know anything about either of these people? Well, of course I do. Cause I'm clicking on their profile right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Richie Catania is out of the St. Augustine chapter, new chapter. Uh-huh. So he's having yeah. a hell of a debut season. Kevin Hewitt. Let's check out Kevin. Yellowknife, yep. baby. Okay. Nice. Yellowknife is bringing a huge crowd this year. I think they have 20 really? or something. I mean, it is. All right. I mean, they always do bring the thunder. Uh, so I'm, I'm also noticing a couple things. Kevin Hewitt, 10 penalty strokes, um, an 8.4 handicap, a slug index of 3.66, though. So you got to work on that, Kevin. What, um, right. Richie Catania, no well, slug index. Kevin's, Kevin's profile is if you look at his player stats. His uh-huh. score average is 89.8, so almost perfect medium. Almost perfect. So first in the first in the global money list, first in the chapter list, of course, and uh, also first on the kind of hot list. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what the kind of hot list is, can you kind of give us a, a, a small kind of insight into what that means? Yeah, kind of hot list looks at the last 60 days, uh, mm. takes money earned, in the last 60 days, plus bonus points for, for top three finishes. I, I don't remember exactly what the bonus points, how many it is for a win, second and third, but that's, that's meant to, that's not important. It's just bonus points. Just know that there are bonus bonus points. points. (laughs) It's bonus points. And uh, it's meant to help out like the smaller chapters. So if someone wins 
in the smaller chapters, obviously they're not earning as much money, but they're still mm-hmm. get these bonus points, which will keep them higher up on the kind of hot list. One other thing I really like about Kevin Hewitt's profile is mm. if you go back and you look at his older scores, he's been playing in the MGA since 2019. What is he now? He's a eight handicap. Well, there's a triple mm-hmm. digit score on his handicap and a whole lot of 90s in there. So he's just having one hell of a season. He's rounding into form, but the handicap is catching up with him just as it should. So he'll he'll have the right amount of strokes getting to the worlds. Uh, but it's it's cool to see see him evolve because for sure yeah. his, his handicap was up closer to to 20 couple years well i'm looking at his differentials yeah there's there's a 23 in there a 26 you know so yeah definitely at some point turned it on he either got he either took lessons or he just practiced more you know what happened happened. willie what's that i think they got youtube up there now oh no youtube is in canada now yeah they got youtube up there and everybody knows Uh, once you get youtube free golf lessons it's free golf lessons, baby. So congratulations to those two guys. Uh, exciting, exciting as we get only two tournaments away from the uh, from the world championships. These guys are going to be fighting it out. By the way, in in third place, Laurent Hot. That's not how yeah, he says his name, right. but yeah. But Larry, uh, you you know Larry. You were just hanging out with Larry not that long ago in in Boston. So there you go. He's uh. He's he's right there too, and I'm gonna also on the kind of hot list number thirteen right now. One Ian Kawas who oh, was wow. very excited, yeah, who was very excited about the uh, tennis photo I dug up for the uh, episode. <laughs> I I was like trying to find a picture of him, and I I looked at his profile and it was like I don't think it's a picture of him. It's like an elephant like sitting down or something weird. So I was like, all right, I'll just it's Google Charles Ian Kawas. <laughs> elephant sitting down. Uh, it's a you cartoon know. of Charles Barkley swinging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I just Google Ian Kawas, and uh, that was the picture that showed up. So I guess he was a collegiate tennis player. Um, <laughs> looked very serious, too. And I love the hair. The long, flowing hair was great. So... Yeah, he was he was super excited about that. Uh, quickly before we get into what this this episode's about, which is going to be our tournament structure, MGAWC signups. Any updates? I know you posted a you posted an article that we were sold out, um, yeah. but there is a waiting list, and I see some names are popping up on that. So yeah, give us a rundown. Where are we at right now? Yeah, there is a waiting list. It's about twenty people right now, and. You know, I, I still encourage people to get on it. You can still get on it by going to MGAWC.com and following the link to the, the register store. And then uh, there's a waitlist product where you can pick the package that you would like to purchase. Because we've had we've had a couple of people already who did deposits and now aren't able to make it drop out. So spots spots will be opening up. Get on the waitlist. And October 1st is when everyone has to pay up. So uh, if people who have put p- deposits down aren't paid up by then we start going to the wait list. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you got, uh, there's a month b- before then and now. So yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're hoping to go, there is still a possibility. So yeah. MGAWC.com. All right. Let's talk John about our tournament structure, which has changed over time. I think now is in a pretty solid spot, but it wasn't always this way, but let's, let's go all the way back, man. 
Let's talk about how this whole thing started. There was only one tournament in the long, long ago, in the before time. That was the Bastards, man. That was that was the very first thing. And so we were playing every weekend pretty much, right? Me, you, Mike, and uh, Raj. We were just kind of calling it, we were just calling them tournaments. We, we, I, I don't remember how that actually started. We were just kind of pretending. We just were always competitive with each other, right? Like uh, so, this is the this was the example that I remember. I re- we all went out to eat at Eddie's Cafe before we went to play golf. Okay, and I still. Yeah, yeah, you still go there a lot, right? It's right. There. It's that that place is Sunday tradition. Yeah, it's legendary. So Eddie's Cafe before the, we go golfing, and we were just sitting there, and we were like, well, this will be the bacon, egg, and cheese invitational, because we were eating bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> That's what I remember. And like, so we were just kind of making stuff up. I don't remember when we started having, did we do like any prizes before the bastards or is that the first time? No, I see. So I'm looking at the notes and I saw that and I'm just like, holy shit. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Invitation. I have, I and definitely remember it because I remember it just being hilarious. Like yeah. I just, we were all, we all thought that was just really funny. The bacon, egg and cheese invitational. But yeah, we weren't doing like trophies or anything. No, right? no, there were no, tr- no trophies that I, I mean, I don't even remember the names of the events, so I could have that wrong. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember for the bastards definitely that was the first really organized one and it was four rounds over four weekends so it took a month to complete this tournament we were young and single and had nothing going on so yeah (laughs) yeah golf every single we knew we knew we were gonna play golf those four weekends right so we were like yeah we might as well uh but yeah me you mike raj four players four four rounds we did two of them at Harding, and then two of them were at was it Sharp Park? Yeah, or did the other Park. two? Alistair, um, some of it. Hell yeah, I I really want to go play there again because it's been a long time, and I really like that layout. But I do remember it flooded at some point, right? And then yeah, they have to let it flood for the frogs. Yeah, these frogs have rights, and we must respect their rights. So if it floods, it stays flooded until uh, the frogs drink enough water or whatever. First round was at Sharp, second round at Harding, third round at Sharp, fourth round at Harding. So we finished at Harding. You won the tournament. But I do remember at some point in that month, I had the lead for a week. I think it was after the second round, maybe. I had, I had like a pretty decent second round. Yeah, I think been... I think everybody held the lead except for Raj, right? Well, yeah, the Caboose obviously <laughs> did not hold the lead at any point. Yeah, maybe it was at like Mike after the first week and then I held the lead. Because once you I, you took the lead and then you never let it go. But I remember it came down to you and Mike were still fairly close at the end, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, I think so. I think Mike Mike was still alive. I had to had to make a putt on the final green or maybe maybe i could have made it had a two or three putt and still won it but that that's not dramatic enough so the, the no. it seemed as if i i had to make a putt and did i think we'll go with that it, that you know that works for me and, and bringing up the video that was pretty much the main focus for me and you i think once we decided to do this tournament the bigger thing was okay we're gonna make a video now right yeah and i remember I remember many long nights at Ryan's apartment, me and you over a laptop doing the commentary, <laughs> coming up with funny ideas for it. That was basically what we just wanted to have that product at the end. And that was kind of the whole thing. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think that was sort of the first step in 
playing off the PGA tour, you know, where, mm-hmm. where we, we wanted to, to rip off their broadcast and, and joke around with it. Everything that has happened since has basically happened uh, for, for that same reason with it all being tongue in cheek, a tribute to the PGA tour. Of course, now they steal our ideas. Yeah. How the turntables for sure. Pretty shameless. They'll steal from us, steal from live, whatever. So yeah. So if you haven't, if anybody listening hasn't seen this video, uh, you can still go check it out. Uh, is it on our main YouTube? I don't know. We're going to have to link to it in the, the article. On yeah. The I'll, I'll find it. I'll link to it. It's, we didn't have at this time, by the way, we didn't have a YouTube. We didn't have, I don't think we even had the MySpace yet, right? Like this no, was probably not for the first year. I don't know what we what were you gonna do with this video? <laughs> we're just gonna watch it. <laughs> just gonna watch it. Yeah. Yeah, we just wanted to watch it. Yeah. But I do think like a lot of the humor style in a way was kind of created in that moment. Because we hadn't really done anything like that before. We hadn't really worked on anything like that. I'd made videos myself in the past, but just like again, just for myself. I don't what what was your experience with editing and all that stuff at that time? Yeah. Was this kind of you figuring that out? No, no, I'd done a bunch of skate videos and okay. of my very mediocre skateboarding. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, I'm I'm better at golf than I am at skateboarding, I'll tell you that. I enjoyed video editing because of that, and I'd even taken a class in it in like high school or something. Uh so yeah. I'd had a little bit of experience with it, but to me, in my opinion, it came out great. There was lots of fantastic moments in that. Like us kind of and I think too, one of the fun things about that whole process was Going through the footage and just the jokes kind of we had an idea of what the joke would be. The jokes just kind of happened because of how the footage was right. Like things like Raj stroking his beard a lot, uh, the audio being really bad. And so like we just played off of all of it. Right. And then everything just felt very natural. And this was also when we decided to create some characters. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you were Richard Inyas. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that was the name I went with. And what was my name? Uh, Velvet McIntyre. Velvet McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. We got to bring those guys back, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe those careers are over for a good reason. Uh, yeah, Dick Inyas. That was... We were hilarious, man. We were really funny guys. We decided, okay, well, we should probably, like, do more of this. Pretty soon after... Like, we did... The Bastards number two happened, uh, which I won by the way. I was the second ever Bastards winner. And we did only two rounds, I think, for that one. No, no. It it went straight to one round. And it, it wasn't... Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what happened between the first Bastards and the next season. Because the Bastards, the first one, I assume, was in April-ish. Clearly, we had a good time. Maybe it just took us 12 months. To <laughs> video. Yeah. But no, the next thing we did was the full season. And to by then, it was just, all right, one round... You know, maybe one of us had a girlfriend at that point, so didn't have as much time. But that's yeah, that's when it went to one round in the uh, the point standings. Yeah. So we tried this thing called the X-Con Cup, which was originally the X-Lax Cup. I you know, right? I, I wasn't sure if you remember that because I did not. But as I was looking through the old files, I could only find point standings for the X-Lax Cup. Yeah. But after two <laughs> rounds, it turned into the X-Con Cup for some reason. I yeah so the idea was the FedEx Cup was happening it was a brand new thing at the time 
And so we were like, well, we wouldn't be sponsored by FedEx, but we would be sponsored by Xlax. All right. That makes sense. And there's an X in both names. So that made sense. And I, yeah, I have no idea why we decided Xcon instead. Like, was Xlax like, that was too Maybe we got provocative or something? <laughs> we, we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to offend our, our viewer. Um, the logo was heavy on, uh, on shit. Like it was kind of a smeared because the the FedEx Cup had this yeah yeah ball sailing through the air with a trail into like the U and cup so we smeared uh-huh. some blue <laughs> into uh into the U and cup and well uh, you're br- you're bringing up uh, one of the points that I have here on the notes it was stupid <laughs> it wasn't stupid for that. It was no, no, because of the points that made no sense to anyone. The same way the FedEx Cup was stupid. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow the FedEx Cup has has survived. The XCon Cup. This is one thing the PGA could really listen to us a little bit more. Just get rid of that. It's it's dumb. No one cares. But yeah. So that was kind of our early version of of the what is now the money list. We just needed to have a way to figure out who was winning. The more convoluted, the better, I guess. I, I actually have no idea what the point system was. I can I can look at it right here. I've got the... Uh, really? I got, I got the table. Okay. Looks like it was created May 8th, 2007 at 7.49 a.m. Okay. It depended on the number of entrants. The more entrants there were, the more points we paid out. There that was a sense. bonus point for most mediocre, and apparently minus one point per stroke under 86. So, Whoa! Yeah, we were we were penalizing people for playing too well. Uh, and yeah, the first tournament, the Bastards, uh, there were three of us. It was you, me, and Raj. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike didn't make it that time. Yeah, I guess not. It looks like you won that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over me and then Raj. Yeah. And then the next tournament, we had six people, uh, one of whom was Max Lanier, of course. Wow. Uh, then there was Gregory Cho, who no one remembers Gregory Cho yeah is that like Raj's friend or something must have been and then and he will be very happy that I found this Tommy Fogarty because he is told and he even has a laminated card that claims he is member number five and this Uh seems to back it up wow (laughs) there would have been the four of us yeah and and this was the first tournament with any other people and he was my buddy so i'm like sure you can have number five why not apparently tommy fogarty is member number five that's awesome that's that's a little chunk of history right there tommy by the way i mean what a golfer that guy was i mean i don't i don't think i ever watched any of his actual golf swings but i know he was there when i was playing a golf hole he was somewhere in the trees doing golf too you know where it all went wrong for him he went to golf tech and Mm. After he went to golf tech, he could not get the ball off the ground. And that was that was the end of his golf career. Yeah, he needed to go to YouTube. He didn't go to YouTube. Golf. That was the problem. Yeah. Quick story about Tommy that I uh, that I always loved that you told me um, is uh, at the time there was a show on TV called The Pickup Artist. Mm. Now, some, I, some people might remember this. It was actually where my nickname Straight Willie Dills comes from. That's right. There was a character on that show that you guys said looked like me. He was on a show about picking up women, but it was pretty clear that he was gay. Like, it, seemed, it seemed that way to us, yes. Sure. So he was gay, Willie Dills. <laughs> I was straight, <laughs> Willie Dills. And, <laughs> and I also hit the ball fairly straight. So it all made sense. Anyway, 
we we adopted it. They had all these stupid things that you should do to try to pick up girls, right? Which obviously are dumb as hell and don't work. But like one of them is like you're supposed to neg them, right? You gotta yeah, you gotta like talk shit about them, right? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta tell her that she's ugly to her face and then she'll like you. One of the other ones was uh, you have to look like you're not interested or something. So like one of their suggestions was you have to lean back. You don't remember the story? I, no, so, I remember nagging and peacocking, but not leaning yeah, back. Yeah, peacocking. Yeah, peacocking. You have to like put a stupid hat on or something, right? Dog, but yeah, there was a <laughs> top hat. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently there was something about leaning back, trying. I guess trying to like look casual or not. Like you don't want to be like in their face. You want to be leaning back. So then you were telling me a story about you and Tommy were at a bar and you were talking to some girls and you look over at Tommy and he is like leaning back so hard that he was like falling, falling down in his chair. Uh, he was just really trying. He was taking it to the next level. You know, he was, um, I, I imagine he was doing it for my entertainment and I yeah. probably fucking loved it because I'm loving just hearing about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I remember. Yeah, I remember you telling me the story, and I was like, "Oh my god, that I could, I could just see it." Uh, anyway, yeah, we were really into that show at the time because it was yeah. hilarious. I gotta find that show. I gotta find that show to watch it again. So yeah, so at that point, we we did a full season. How many tournaments was this, by the way, John? I think it was eight. I can't find the full standings, but maybe that's because okay. I'm still looking for X Lax Cup. Maybe I need to look for X mm. Cup. Uh, I mean, I'm just amazed that you still have these files. Everything's on the cloud, man. I, I got so lucky. I had my computer stolen one time, and all of the MGA files were on an external hard drive that was plugged into the computer. And they unplugged it and left the external hard drive when they took my computer. Oh, and wow. I was just, holy shit. I got so lucky. That's it. I'd already been thinking about getting everything onto the cloud. Uh, after that, I did. And uh so yeah it's all on all on dropbox well, there you go there's here's the history right here xcon cup standings it was so long ago like i i remember we were still coming up with the ideas for even having these tournaments so i i have in here like some of the tournaments we tried and i was trying to think of more of them the only one i can remember that we never did again was the bm invitational because at the time there was the bmw invitational right on the pga tour so the B, I mean, obviously you take the W off, you got bowel movement invitational. And the trophy for this was a toilet seat on a, on a necklace. It was a chain you could pull a truck with. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was legit. And I just remember Max won that tournament. And I just, I remember him wearing this toilet seat on a chain. And then we never did that one. Oh, the Hobo Cup. We did the Hobo Cup. Remember that one? Yeah. So the trophy for that was like a, a cup glued to a board. With a little bit of change in it. And I think Mike won that, if I'm remembering right. But yeah, we were just kind of we were throwing ideas against the wall to see what stuck. These were all slowly replaced by what we have now. So now we kind of have what I think is the perfect, the perfect season, the perfect format. Eight tournaments a year with a world championship. And we could talk a little bit about these tournaments and how they kind of came to be. The first one of the year, the Rebel Beach Am Am which, of course, is a play off of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I'm pretty sure it was Ryan. Maybe you remember differently. But Ryan just said, we should have a tournament where we pair amateurs with other amateurs. Is that right, John? Is that is that kind of how that tournament came to be? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this was, I remember the first time we did it, I 
think me and Mike were teammates. We immediately started doing the uh, the teams thing. And at the time, the trophy was desktop beaches with a little like sand in it and a comb and all that stuff. Right. Little Zen uh, garden. A little Zen garden, exactly. Um, and the matching outfits was like one idea we had right away. And now this has become, I mean, this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Uh, just because everybody getting together, you're picking your partners. You know, you still have the solo winner, but you have the, the team that wins too and everything like that. And just having everybody show up and matching outfits and all that is just, it's really fun. You know, that's something for, for all these tournaments we should talk about is is the outfits and the dressing up element, which we were super into when we were creating mm-hmm. these tournaments. And yeah, it starts with this one, matching outfits. No no theme beyond that, just uh, you and your teammate should match because you're your teammates so yeah i would say i don't think people go too crazy with it um i mean they oh wait never mind no no dave armstrong and martin brome get fucking ridiculous with it <laughs> <laughs> so so never mind well you and todd have gotten pretty crazy too yeah um, totally wrong people do go completely yeah. ridiculous with it like but, when you're uh, matching your haircuts too you know that's yeah. <laughs> things things have gotten out of control but i think it's i think it's important uh and and one of uh, the san francisco members emailed me after the the last podcast you know he's or media cast he's he's really enjoying them and he felt like it was important that we do mention the dress because you do see pictures from other chapters and maybe they didn't get the memo so mm-hmm. or right, consider this the memo we're gonna memo this every is the memo right here yeah. Single tournament. Audio you, you know what is expected of you and what adds to the element of the the tournament itself. You know, it's like I got I gotten so used to the San Francisco chapter. And then when I moved to Austin and I started that one. OK, this is the Rebel Beach Amman. Like you pick a partner, but you also have to dress up like each other. And a lot of guys got it. It took some time. Some guys would show up and then they obviously felt stupid when they showed up not dressed like they're partner right <laughs> so yeah like really you gotta you gotta like let the shame happen so that these guys realize no 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 you gotta show up looking good um me and ty were partners for a bunch of times and yeah one year we we both shaved our beards so we just had mustaches and then we wore like big stupid straw hats and these like stupid green shirts and it was great like it was i mean we wore the tiger woods uh mugshot t-shirt that was a good year nice. um but yeah, no, it's 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 one of the funnest things ever. Next tournament that we came up with was well, the bastards. We went back to the classic, the original, a tradition unlike any other. And now I think right away we had the trucker hat. Trucker hat was right from the first bastards, and that was you know we need something. It's not going to be the green jacket, so it is the blue trucker cap. And it just think, said winner on it too. It didn't say anything else. Right. <laughs> it said winner. <laughs> The first one came from Zazzle, where it was just printed on the front of it. looked ghetto as hell. I mean, I should go uh, go to my closet and find You have that, I'm sure, I right? Is. I won that one. Yeah. So I won the second one, I remember. And my hat also just said winner. It was all We didn't put like a year or anything on it. It just said winner. And I regret every day what I did with that hat. I was wearing it, and I was in Las Vegas. And I was wearing this hat that said winner. And I love that hat. Every. It was a great conversation starter. I was standing in line to meet one of my favorite poker players at the time, Antonio Espandiari, who's known as the magician for anybody who's a poker fan out there. I get to the front of the line to like talk to him and get his autograph, and I realize I don't have anything for him to autograph. So he said, well, I'll sign your hat. 
So he signed my hat and ruined my my hat, dude. <laughs> my hat is just ruined now. It just says Antonio Spondiari on it. It used to just say winner. It was great. And now, yeah, yeah big that biggest regret of my life, probably, yeah. honestly, that one. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, so the Bastards, like I said, tradition kind of like any other. Uh, John won it the first time. I won the second one. And then it's become, it's become, I think, the premier MGA event outside of the world championship. And a lot of other chapters, they echo that, right? Like the the Tallahassee chapter. Uh, I don't know if you saw that trailer that Ian linked to us, but it's basically just footage of a bunch of guys being like, oh, it's the Bastards. It's This is the one. This is the one you want to win. It's a very exclusive club. We have a lot of cool pictures of all the guys who have won in like San Francisco, all wearing the hats together. If you are a previous winner, wear the hat to the tournament, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an important thing. Previous winners should... Keep that hat pristine and and wear it every year after because you are a bastard's champ for life. Uh, and that is the first major of the year. Uh, followed up the MGA championship, the least important major. Of course, this is a play on the PGA championship, and there's nothing really we could do with that. No <laughs> funny jokes. <laughs> so that, the funniest so joke because that yeah. term just sucks. Like nobody cares about it. It's yeah. No, it's a major. It's got the strongest field in it. Whatever. Like why does yeah. it suck? I don't know. So it it's it's good that like the name our joke name kind of sucks too. It's just boring, <laughs> unoriginal. Yeah. Okay, it's a major. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. The least. And I love telling people when they win that it's the least important major of the year. For sure. Um, yeah, that that always goes over well. Like the PGA Championship, I can't remember anybody who's won it. Now the the majors, they do have a little bit bigger purses, and then yeah. we used to I used to try and do them at nicer courses until basically I started doing all the tournaments at a little bit nicer courses, and then to go mm-hmm. nicer than a little bit nicer went to the point where it's like, no, I'm not gonna not going to pay that much so i try and do them at the favorite courses now at least mm-hmm. or or even like a new course just something a little bit special uh to yeah. let people know it's a major I, I think one of the one of the jokes early on was that well we're gonna have four majors we're gonna have eight tournaments so half of them are majors you know but it was like it's still it still matters right although some of the tournaments like this is one thing that i find funny too in golf they always thought oh this is the fifth major right <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of happened too in the MJ. I think more of our tournaments now are made. Look, there's only eight a year. They're all major in my eyes. This is the second major of the year now. It used to be later in the season, if I'm not mistaken. PGA Tour moved some things around, so we were forced to respond. We were forced um, to respond, but I'm I'm happy with with moving the four later in the season because it's it's the biggest purse of the year, and now sure. with it deeper in the season, the money list can get shaken up late, which I like. Yeah. So then after the MGA championship, we follow that up with another major, the FU Open. The MGA championship, boring as fuck, no special dress required. Why do we even get yeah. it? Why, why does the PGA championship exist? You get it. Yeah. Just wear your comfortable golf clothes. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, FU Open, though, this you got to dress up for. This one is really important. In my mind, at the time we were coming up with all this stuff, first of all, FU stands for Freedom and Unity. Anybody who doesn't know that, uh, this is also our version of what is known on the PGA Tour as the U.S. Open. We want to represent and celebrate America in the same fashion. So FU, freedom and unity, some of the most important things about America. I think at the time when we were doing all this, this is kind of funny, but this was post 9-11 USA, right? 
like Team America World Police was a movie that was out. There's a lot of like this over the top kind of patriotism. That's, I think, kind of how we started doing this. It was just funny. And now it's just out of control. I think at first it was like maybe like an America hat or an America shirt or something like that. But at this point, I mean, you and I can't remember who else, Justin, Todd, and who else? You guys all wore white jumpsuits and spray painted the Ameri- parts of the American flag on each person so that if you all stood in a row, you made up the American flag. That that was peak FU Open right there. That was that was probably 2011 or something. But yeah, I think when it started, like I I remember Mike Bolin winning it and having a giant ridiculous hat with like stars and stripes on it. So I don't know if if that hat was something he already had, and that yeah. was sort of the the prize for it maybe, and that that started because I I was just looking at pictures of it. I, I mean, I was wearing a fucking ascot for some reason. Like, I, <laughs> it was not uh, the dress was not USA, but an, another guy was wearing no shirt and a fur hat. So <laughs> we were figuring it out, John. It must have started with with Mike's hat. And then the next year, I think it it started going the way of Stars and Stripes Forever. But you remember, like, there's a Dennis Madelone song. Yeah, we were moving in that direction for sure. I remember I had an American flag wife beater at one point, and I wear that a lot. Um, but yeah, it just it slowly kind of overtook that, and then now it's yeah, it's gotten absolutely out of control, and I love it. I mean, you go to the the FU Open, and it's like guys are completely decked out, head to toe, flags are flying off their golf carts. Um, it's just great, you know. The golf courses love it. I, love I was going to say. I, We've never had an issue. And yeah, we used to decorate golf carts and they enjoy it. One of the funniest things ever when you're when you're playing in the MGA is when you get all decked out in your outfit and then you leave the house with your golf bag and go out to your car. And when people see you, they're like, what in the world is happening right now? And it doesn't make any sense when you're by yourself. But once you get to the golf tournament and there's 30 other guys doing the same thing, then it all makes sense. And it's awesome. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just super fun. So anybody out there listening, if you don't know in your chapter, full head to toe, American flag stuff, whatever you want to do. I mean, you can go themed if you want. The next tournament is another major because it is major season. We have four majors in a row, basically. Four in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get them out of the way. Yeah. Grand slam. You can, uh, you can get it done early and then retire for the rest of the season. Uh, the Braddish open. Now the Braddish open is of course our version of the British open. People do dress up for this one sometimes. I never really have. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is if you're a chapter leader, try to try to play it on a link style course if there's one available to you. The other thing is this has my favorite trophy. Or the Open has the Claret Jug. And, of course, we have the Claret Jugs. I, ra- I remember this very well. I took balloons. I wrapped them in paper mache and then popped the balloons, right? So I got these paper mache boobs. Then I covered the whole thing in silver, like electric tape, electrical tape. And then I taped it onto like a cardboard box. So it had a base. And then we just wrote Claret jugs on it in like Sharpie. They were awesome. They, they were, were great. They're, they're, they were, <laughs> don't, don't get them wet. No, don't get them wet. Uh, I don't remember who won those, but I was incredibly jealous. But then they became after that talking boobs on a wall yeah 
<laughs> and I and at one point I had won six, six of those. <laughs> yeah. At one point I had won like um three of them or something or two of them and I I had them on my wall and I just remember one time I was dating a new girl and she came over. And I had to explain why I had multiple pairs of singing boobs on my wall. So that awards. <laughs> yeah, these are major awards, exactly. I had to explain that, and, uh, and then thankfully now we have uh, the much classier version of the Claret Jugs, which is definitely one of my favorite favorite trophies. After the British, the four championship. Now you mentioned earlier, John, that it's good that this comes later in the season because it is the biggest purse of the year. Is the Tour Championship the biggest purse? Is that why? I don't remember it's, why. Well, that's I'm a little confused myself, like because this was a takeoff of the Tour Championship. And I don't know if the Players Championship used to be called the Tours Tour Championship or if they were the same thing, because the Players is the biggest purse, right? Or, yeah, I guess we just don't have a Players, so. Right, so that's, <clears throat> that's that's essentially what this is. Like, this is the biggest purse of the year. That's what it's known for. But it was it was a takeoff of the Tour Championship when we first came up with the name. And this is an, another of my, one of my favorite ter- uh, trophies, the uh, the ball that is cracking glass and i think originally we just bought a like a vase well yeah this this says one of the best origin stories where it was <laughs> go to ross dress for less yeah where they have just all sorts of glass vases all different shape shapes everything you could want with the uh sticker on the bottom that says they may give you cancer Mm-hmm. Uh, buy one of those slap golf ball shattering glass novelty sticker on the yeah. side of it we take a championship on it and there you go. You got yourself a trophy hell yeah uh now by the way it's uh it's just so nice and well made um oh, it's very nice yeah i remember when ty won that for the first time he was just so he was so excited he was talking about it all season how that's the tournament he wants to win and then he just told me he was like i i know exactly what this is going on my desk at work I'm nice. show everybody and uh yeah it's 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 a very very cool trophy a great tournament because like you said biggest biggest purse gonna be a big shakeup on the money list there all the majors are done and we move on uh to the last two tournaments of the year which are also some of, them, some of my favorites the douchebag invitational so this was a playoff of the Deutsche bank invitational Back, which I don't know if that still exists with Deutsche I, Bank. You know, I think they went under for some pretty douchey behavior, actually. <laughs> yeah. They had some uh, some questionable shit going on. Uh-huh. So, perfect, yeah. They didn't get any PPP loans and get bailed out by the government, huh? I don't Deutsche think Bank just went that. under. We we were really into this website, hotchickswithdouchebags.com. That was a great site. It was, That's still a thing. I don't think so. That was sort of peak douchebag reference material it was in the culture a lot for sure it's a little harder to to define them these days especially 16 seasons in or whatever like to to try and come up with a new outfit but it's really it's a personal choice yeah Uh, encourage everyone to dress dress up for this one whatever you think a douchebag would wear how a douchebag were acts would act some people take it a step further like one of my uh, (laughs) one of my favorites was 2010 Shortly after uh, Todd Benoit had become the first world champion, he got headshots made. Yeah. And right. he set up a table at the Douchebag Invitational and signed autographs with these headshots. 
I thought that was just very douchey. And yeah, perfect. that was just that was pretty douchey. Yeah. By the way, I just looked at the website and uh, it is still a thing. And right now on the front page is Dane Cook with his wife. OK, <laughs> what do you mean? It's still a thing. And then you say Dane Cook. I haven't heard. <laughs> Dane, <laughs> Dane Cook's still a thing, apparently, too. Well, he's 50 and his wife is 23, and apparently they've been oh, dating for like eight right. years or something. Yeah. Right. Did hear about that. Yeah. So, front page, Dane Cook still rocking the, the yeah, the stupid shirts and the, yeah. All right. So, I mean, yeah, I think the first year was a lot of uh, like double popped collars and Tons stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. But we have. Obviously, that was. Uh, sure. You know, a nine, 90s douchey thing. Um, the last year, I did the uh, I, I did the mouth donut and uh, the blades and the house. It was a very inside baseball moment for me last year, but that was that was a fun one. And uh, yeah, you could just kind of yeah, whatever it is to you, you know, just let that inner douche out, man. Um, it's it's a ton of fun. Like <laughs> one of my favorite outfits I did was I wore all white <laughs> one year, just like a skin tight shirt and skinny white jeans and a white headband yeah i felt real awkward all day but it was now, hilarious now i do have to i do have to ask you this though willie hmm. have you ever continued to wear any items that you bought for the douchebag invitational oh hell yeah yeah sure <laughs> didn't you buy some like some hip-hop joggers or something that... <laughs> yeah 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 these are like these are essentially whatever I buy for the for the douchebag invitational becomes the nicest thing in my closet. <laughs> You're like actually not that bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I I I do feel like it has happened where people have kind of discovered themselves a little bit yeah. at the douchebag invitational, right? And then the last tournament of the year. Uh, now this wasn't around for the first few years of the MGA, if I'm not mistaken. It became a thing. After the world championship, when we realized, because at the time, winning a, a tournament was how you would qualify. We get one more tournament left. I don't remember what we had before this, but there was definitely a couple of seasons where we didn't have this. And then I remember when it got introduced, the last gasp. And I also remember the trophy that we now have, the small version of the, uh, the skeleton golfer, originally was just found by, was it Nils maybe who found that? At a no, garage no. sale. I remember, no, I remember the story of this one. It was one of the okay. few I do remember. And that one was, came from Mike Bolin. Oh, yeah. Mike Bolin was working at Golden Gate Park Golf Course, which is the nine hole inside Golden Gate Park, little par three. And uh, that majestic skeleton trophy, which the original is probably three feet tall. It's big. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a big trophy. And that was in the the clubhouse, I think. Either that or his boss just brought it out one day and was like, here you go, use this for, for the MGA. So maybe, yeah, maybe the last gasp was created as soon as we had that trophy. It's like, holy shit, this is awesome. We yeah. got to create a tournament for this. And yeah, so it's a skeleton. He's dying. Last gasp, last tournament of the season. But yeah. And originally best, that, that trophy was like a traveling trophy. If you want it. Right. And you'd bring it the next year and you'd give it to the new guy. And it still is in San Francisco. And I've it's actually been the reason we haven't gone to traveling trophies for for everybody. Right. Like we have to do a trophy pack every year. Everybody gets a new trophy when they win. And you'd think like, oh, it'd be easier to do maybe bigger, nicer trophies. The fucking challenge (laughs) 
keeping track of one traveling trophy and who yeah. won it and where it is and does that guy even play with us anymore is such a pain in the ass that it's like nope nope need a new new trophy every tournament the guy gets it he can keep it till he dies but we do yeah we still do the traveling trophy for this one in san francisco because it's the original trophy the best part about it is the fact that i have to <laughs> make sure people have had their tetanus shots and warn them when i hand it to them because yeah. the, day the plate was made that goes on the front of it mike took a VCR, an old VCR that didn't work anymore, and wanted to cut some metal out of it. So he took a drill and drilled about 150 holes in the shape of a rectangle and then popped it out. So it's just a jagged edge, (laughs) edge, rusty edge. And then he just scraped uh, Last Gasp Invitational into the front of it and, and screwed it onto the trophy. So it is a classic, that's for sure. But it's yeah. true uh, old school MGA in- ingenuity for sure. We were coming up with lots of of crazy ways to make trophies. And, you know, I think we are going to have to say we're going to have to maybe do an episode where we just talk about some of this stuff. But because, uh, yeah, we we've talked a lot about the tournaments. The trophies, I think, do deserve their own their own conversation. Lots yeah. of gold spray paint, though. I remember that. Lots of gold. Spray. Lots of just, yeah. Gluing things to other things. Now it's a trophy. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and it was originally like this is your last chance to qualify for the world championship. Not 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 that way anymore. Now we've got the other things, you know, the uh, the top ten essentially of your money list, but also that often increasing to like you said, I think it was top twenty something last year. Don't worry so much about it, but it is it's your last chance before the world championships to uh, to to play with your chapter. Yeah, if you want to if you want to guarantee that you're playing for the belt, you still have to finish top ten. Because I haven't looked at it. Like, I don't know, because we sold out this year with 430 people, probably going to be a little bit higher up the chapter money mm-hmm. list. The cutoff falls. Basically, the top, you know, two, 288 people are going to be on Revere playing for the belt. So top tens are guaranteed to be on Revere. And then we go to anybody who finished 11th on their chapter money list, anybody who finished 12th. And yeah, I, I don't know how deep it's going to go this year. Yeah. Plus, you got the 16. Top 16 from the Born Harry from the previous year. So, yeah, it's definitely still you still want to be winning to, to make sure that you're in there. Uh, but there you go. That's the uh, the perfect season right there and kind of how we got there and how a lot of these tournaments started. We don't ever have to touch this. It's it's so good. It's so perfect. Every tournament has so much history and uh, and it's great. I will say the uh, the purses I've I've been encouraged really only mm-hmm. by my dad <laughs> to okay the purses he's like oh they all the tournaments pay more now you should update the purses the issue with that is i know that there are guys who look at the player stats and the historic stats and basically are in a tight battle for most money ever won on mm. the NBA tour so yeah. if i start bumping the purse up you know it, it might uh, it might affect that battle i don't know true I, I'd, I'd hate Look, I'd hate for Liv to think they influenced another <laughs> tour at this point, right? Like, yeah, they don't need another pat themselves on the back win. So, no. I think MGA it's set. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I mean, look, it's Biden's America and inflation's out of control. But in the MGA, you know, let's just keep it like it is. And I I, I like what you said too. It's like when when baseball went from 154 games to 162. Then somebody hit 61 home runs and there's an asterisk next to that. Right. Right. So 
you know, yeah, keep the numbers where they are. They're fine. We don't need to mess with that. I actually am curious to know where I land on that number. But the problem for me still is we only have information from 20, 2011 on. 2010 was my best season. That is that is the point of contention between the top two on that money list. Uh, really? Money okay. List because, because Todd Benoit is obviously up there and he mm-hmm. has all this pre-2011 money that isn't accounted for. I, I was I'm actually... Trying to, the, I'm trying to look at it right now, but it has to go through <laughs> decades of data. So yeah. it's, it takes a while to load. It takes a little while to populate. Okay. Yeah, because 2010, I actually won the global money list that year. I still That's have cool. that. I still have that trophy. I'm very proud of that one. There was not as many people in the MGA, obviously, at that time. But still, you know, richest man in the world for one year. So current... I, Currently, I, who's up there? Yeah. Current all-time money leader on the MGA Tour, Todd Benoit Benoit, with 103 starts, 56.56000 dollars. Over uh, Ben Ferraro, chapter leader of Boston. Yeah. And Diego Escobel, chapter leader of Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And Miguel Slovic, chapter leader of Phoenix. So okay. the guys sounds like showing up. Yeah, well. sounds, like, sounds like showing up for every tournament is yeah. uh, is important. Uh, well, there you go. I'm, I'm excited to see how that list continues to pop. We should probably put that somewhere for people to see, right? Are they, the, how are these guys keeping track? Are they just adding it up themselves? Uh, it's in the, the player stats. Oh, so it is. Any, any top medios can access the player stats. That's under on the main menu on the site. There's the stats bar. Mm-hmm. player stats is at the bottom and any any top media can access these and see you can see your slug index so ranked by slug index starts money wins top threes top fives top tens meagles meltdowns mediocre oh hell yeah all sorts of stuff but it does cool. it does take a minute to load because it's sure. just so much data yeah not uh, well i know what i'm gonna do uh later okay oh yeah look at this this is awesome that's crazy uh all right well there you go Something new to do on the uh, on the old website. The website is is fantastic, guys. And if you don't know, mgatour.com is where to go for all things MGA. Uh, if you want to check out stuff about the World Championship, that's mgawc.com. YouTube.com slash the real MGA. Mediocre Golf on Twitter. Mediocre Golf Association on Instagram. You can find all of our stuff there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode, episode 42 of the MGA Mediocast. I'm Straight Willie Dills. That's John. Lucky Kick Morley, El Presidente. Any last words before we go, John? No, get on that fucking wait list. There you go. Get on that fucking wait list. And we'll see you guys next time for the MGA Video Cast.